Welcome to the British Sports Car Podcast. Join me, Sarah, and Nick, our resident sports car expert, as we bring you all the latest news from the top tiers of British motorsport, including British GT, GT Cup and Brick Car, as well as British motorsport interests from around the world. Welcome to the first British Sports Car Podcast of 2022. Hello. Uh, Sarah here and Nick's dulcet tones. Next to me, we're actually in the same room for once. Definitely makes a change. I just need to invest in a better microphone for the car. <laughs> uh, so you will have noticed, if you've been listening to us for a while, a little bit of a change in that we have a new name. We have new livery. Yes. Um, we were planning on a change during last year. We were toying with the idea of rebranding. Uh, then we kind of, we were preparing to jump and got shoved. Uh, won't go too much into that. Um, but we then quickly redeployed as the British Sports Car Podcast. And as part of our new name, we've also taken on some new responsibilities. So we're going to be taking a look at a couple of other championships that race sports and GT cars in the UK as well. And as we have been doing, because I'm a bit of a sucker for an international race, we're going to keep an eye on British drivers racing internationally as well. So not only do I have my work cut out for me in making sure that Nick doesn't ramble on for too long about British GT, I've also got to learn new series quite quickly and make sure he doesn't ramble on too long about the four things that we'll be covering through the year, plus maybe even a little bit of other stuff if... Things go well. Technically, it's one, two, three, four, five things. You don't pay me enough to do five things. Shush. (laughs) You mean I don't pay you at all? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And you try and work me like a workhorse. (laughs) But yeah, uh, the downside to our enforced change a little quicker than we would like is that we did lose our Twitter account in the process. So if you have noticed that it's disappeared or hasn't had any updates for a while, it's because we can't get on it. So we have a new one. All the rest of our socials, we've just updated the name so everything should be there. But if you haven't given us a follow on Twitter uh, or any of the other socials, then the link to go to is Nick. We are now at Brit SC Podcast. We have a lot of news to cover um, as it's been a little while, and as we said, we've not just got British GT to follow. Uh, so let's kick off, I think, probably with British GT. Yes, let's uh, stick with what we know for the start. British GT News. Let's start off with GT4. Yeah. Uh, Most people will start off with GT3, but the GT4 class is uh, equally important to British GT. So let's give them a little bit of top billing. Uh, So the first confirmed entry for this year, we did uh, touch on on our socials, um, is that of Team Brit. Yeah, Team Brit. They've been around for quite a few years. They sort of slipped into British motorsport. I'd say quietly, but they've always been quite proud of what it is they're doing. Uh, but they slipped into Brick Car a few years back and they've been learning their trade. Um, they've developed two drivers now to the point where they feel confident in tackling 
the British GT Championship. Um, so this is, originally it was Team British Racing Injured Troops. Um, so focusing on rehabilitating injured servicemen. They've diversified quite a lot in the past few years, and they're now dealing with any racing driver that has a disability. They obviously are a racing team. They've got quite a good marketing um, operation going on behind them. They, they really do make a lot of noise. But they're also an engineering company, which has come in quite handy for this bit of news because Bobby Trundley, who we know from the British GT eSports series last year, he raced a Team Brit-branded Aston Martin GT3 in the virtual world. He's being joined by... Um, being joined by Aaron Morgan, who is a paraplegic racing driver. He used to race in motocross, had quite a nasty accident, um, and is now a paraplegic, so he needs to use hand control. Now, as you can imagine, there's not many companies out there that produce hand controls for McLarens, and there's even fewer that produce hand controls for McLaren GT4 cars. So Team Brit have had to custom develop a set of hand controls for a racing version of McLaren, which will enable Bobby Trundy to drive the car as well in, in the normal way with pedals and steering wheel, whilst Aaron drives using, using the hand controls. So it's quite an interesting story. And these guys have got some pretty serious ambition, haven't they? They have, yeah. I mean, they've set their stall out quite early on uh, with their announcement. They are aiming for the very top. Their overall target is to field an all-disabled team in the 24-hour of Le Mans. They are looking to run a dual programme in future as well, of British GT and European Le Mans series. And of course, that would be a GT3-based effort. So we're looking at, in the next couple of years, another car announcement for these guys. I think it's going to be a, a good addition. Um, I mean, they were using an Aston Martin previously, and they're now in with a McLaren. Uh, so that is a new car for them as well. I'm, I'm quite interested to see how they do. Shall we go with another new entry next? Go with another another team that's running Woking Built Machinery. And this one's another quite interesting announcement because it's uh, obviously drivers that have got a fair bit of top-level experience, but not in British GT. We're talking here about Maximum Networks with Motus One, who have joined... Uh, British GT4 in a McLaren 570S GT4. Um, Stuart Lines, uh, the name behind Maximum Networks, you'll know him from his exploits in BTCC, the Volkswagen Racing Cup and the Geneta GT4 Super Cup. A little bit more behind the scenes, he is also the man who promotes the TCR UK series and his company Maximum Networks was the title sponsor of the Volkswagen Racing Cup when it raced on British GT's undercard on the support package. Alongside him, uh, we've got Motus One, which is the company of his co-driver. His co-driver is Will Powell. Now, Will is quite a busy boy. He runs Motus One, but he also is the test driver for Brabham Automotive, uh, who are developing GT3 spec boutique road car which can then be turned into a race car. Their plan as Brabham is to go to Le Mans as well. You said already, a couple of busy boys. Mm. Uh, Stuart in particular is going to be quite busy at the start of the season. Um, as not only is he 
going to be racing, but most likely tearing his hair out a little bit, running around to get all the way around the paddock behind the scenes with TCR. Yes, because we've got TCR UK supporting British GT at the first two rounds of the championship. So I do hope he's bringing some form of motorised propulsion for use in the paddock as well. Electric scooter, quad bike, jetpack. Segway. Yeah. <laughs> All the above, but he's going to need it because he's he's not only racing, but he's also promoting one of the support support categories as well. Shall we go with some returning entries? Yes, and I think we keep it British for a bit. We're doing well with the Britishness here. Newbridge Motorsport, we saw them in the championship for the first time in 2020. They came back last year for pretty much a full season. They missed the first round. And they only went and managed to win GT4 Pro-Am, which is quite an achievement when you miss one of the endurance rounds at the start of the season at Brands mm. Hatch. So, I mean, obviously we're very pleased for Darren Turner, the pro in it, and also for Matt Topham, uh, the amateur driver who came on in leaps and bounds last year. Yeah, I mean, he did amazingly. He did. It was it was quite amazing. Uh, they are back, same team, with, what do you call it, Scully? Scully. Scully. Not my name. That's, the, that's, that's what everyone's name. calling it. Yeah. Scully, the blue, red and white skulled Aston Martin GT4 car. Of course, it's going to be an Aston Martin with Darren Turner in the car. They are not really pulling their bunches in their aims for this year. They won the Pro-Am title at the first attempt, so now they're going for the overall. And against Silver Cup opposition, that could be a challenge. But you look at the GT4 field last year, this year, pretty much any year, there's not many pro drivers in that class as experienced in GT machinery as Darren Turner. Mm. I think if anyone can bring that challenge from a pro-am point, it is going to be those two. Now that they've had a full season driving together, they've found their footing. We know the car is good. Because, let's face it, TS Sport were winning everything when they were running them. Um, we know, obviously, the driver pairing is good. And we also know that in Silver Cup, you don't tend to see a lot of returning driver lineups. Mm. Which means that Matt and Darren are coming at this as the seasoned campaigners, despite the fact that one of their drivers is a, is a bronze, whereas both of the drivers in their opposing cars are silvers. So that should, that should do a lot to balance the tables. Yeah. So, as you said, sticking with a bit more British returning, Assetto. Yes. Um, welcome back, Assetto. Coming back for a second year and a second bite of the GT4 Apple. Obviously, we're talking here the Genetta G56, which Assetto debuted last year in, in British GT. Uh, they only ran one car last year. And as it stands at the moment, they're only running one car again this year. It'll be the same car. I mean, unfortunately, probably the same livery. And I don't say that because last year's car was an ugly car. But I'm just saying that there's some links in the driver lineup to a livery that I'd love to see come back. Yeah, I was going to come on to that because we do have a change of drivers we this do. time. So who have we got in the car? Uh, we've got Freddie Tomlinson and Joe Wheeler will be sharing the, the driving honours. So, yes, we're talking here about two surnames that people will know from, from motorsport. The first name's a little bit altered. Joe Wheeler is related to Peter Wheeler, who headed TVR, the British sports car company in Blackpool, for some 23 years. Now, 
uh, he is sharing with another famous son, Freddie Tomlinson. Tomlinson, the name synonymous with Janetta. Lawrence Tomlinson is the boss of uh, LNT, the company that owns Janetta, um, and obviously a well-known face and name in the British GT paddock because Janetta has been racing in British GT pretty much since the series started. So we're looking at a pair of uh, a pair of well-known names, but new talents for us to explore. Um, now, if only we can get DeWalt, the power tool company, to sponsor the car, because I think the TVR livery would translate quite well to Janetta. Let's go with something new. Something new and a little bit German. Yes. So the the next entry that we're going to talk about is it's a bit of a different one. Now, we've heard the name Ecris before, particularly in the context of the GT4 European series, which co-headlined with British GT at Silverstone and Spa for a couple of years back around 2016. Um, Ecris are uh, a sort of private race team and car tuners stroke builders. Um, They developed their own M4 as a GT4 car before BMW got the idea to do it themselves. And it's this M4 that's coming with Inspire Racing, a team that's new to the series. Richard Marsh and Gareth Howell both have raced in the championship before in a McLaren back in 2017. Howell has done national karting to a very high level, won titles. Uh, he's also taken victories in the BTCC. Uh, whereas Marsh, um, he's been out for a while, so he's used GT Cup in 2021 to sort of get his hand back in ahead of this effort. So they've acquired one of these Ecris M4s. We've seen it before. I seem to remember it was 2019 Donington Decider. We had one turn up for a one-off appearance run by Ecris, the, the people that built the car. But it's worth noting here that this is definitely not the BMW M4. This is an Ecris BMW M4, which means it will perform differently to the Century cars. Yeah, which is what I was kind of going to ask, because obviously Century's cars is BMW here. It's got the BMW support on it, whereas these guys have obviously formulated their own. So we can expect probably not too dissimilar, but it is going to be different. Yeah, and quite how it's going to be different, we don't know. Because apart from that one-off appearance at Donington Park, I'm not certain there's been much BMW racing Ecris going on there. We know the Ecris car is quite popular in GT4 European series. So it's obviously a, a fairly handy peddler because they race on some big circuits. Mm. They do Monza. They do Spa. These, these are circuits that require a bit of straight line speed and also a bit of suspension finesse to control the weight and, and get them around the corners. What we don't know is how they differ from the BMW car. Do they deliver different power? Is the engine treated differently? What's the, what are the aero differences? I think until we can get the two parts side by side on the grid, we're not going to know. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think for me as well, one thing that I'm looking forward to is having the Ecris along with the BMW and, you know, assuming it's still coming back because we've not heard yet, the Mustang, it's changing the overall setup for GT4 a bit 
as well. We're not as reliant on the the small, nippy, sleek cars. There's a little bit more grunt. Yeah, it's it's, it's getting a little bit more um, a little bit more muscle compared to to tuna, which is nice, and they do make some very very nice noises. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, sorry distracting myself there um and it's changing literally changing the shape of gt4 mm. only slightly different to the bmws we're used to seeing but very different to the mclarens and the aston martins and even the ktm that we had a yeah. couple of years back which are all small cars very aerodynamically uh refined cars now we're getting big bruises of, of of muscle cars um, and it's almost almost heading back to the days when you had minis racing Ford Galaxies at Snetterton back in Jack Sears era in the way we've got different cars built in very different ways completely different concepts and they're racing against each other on the same circuit and they are having a battle yeah and I think this is probably going to hopefully show where the dreaded BOP comes into its own because very different cars. They've oh. all got to be balanced. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, BOP, of, I mean, hated term. I know. Hated term. But we've got, to, we've got to mention it. Yeah. But it has delivered great racing across all of SRO's championships, everywhere that GT3 has run. Um and that's a, a great point that I hadn't considered. Given how well Century performed last season, wrapping up the title around early, um, et cetera, et cetera. We could be looking at some BOP changes for the BMW M4. Now, whether that would then apply to the Equus M4, whether they'd also look at that and say, well, we know it's generally the base platform. Is this good? We're going to have to slow down the Equus. We don't know. Or could potential BOP impacts on Sentry give Inspire a chance to succeed? Mm. We'll have to wait and see. I don't want to wait. Can we go racing now? Uh, so let's finish up with the GT4 news that we have at the moment uh, with another attorney. Uh, this snuck in just before everything kind of closed down and everyone went off to go and do the Christmas uh, turkeys and those lovely three or four days where no one has a clue what day it is, what time it is, or... That's the usual state of affairs for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've got... I mean, well, <laughs> I think we've been a little bit that way for the last couple of years. <laughs> uh, but uh, Team Parker Racing are coming back to GT4. Yes, and coming back with a brand that they've actually raced before. Now, people that have followed British GT for the past eight or so years... Um, we'll know that Team Parker Racing have run Janettas, particularly as Twisted Team Parker. Um, they have run the Mercedes, of course, that Nick Nick Jones and Scott Malvin took to title glory. Mm-hmm. Um, but before they ran the Mercedes, Nick and Scott sort of switched teams to Team Parker, taking with them their Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport. I think was the full name of it. Okay. Um, this was before the, the MR, the Manti Racing Update kit came out to turn it from, quite frankly, a bit of a dog into a car that 
can actually take the fight to to other machinery. Just before Team Parker announced that they'd bought one, Porsche announced that they'd reworked the GT4 and it's now being called the 2022 Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 RS Club Sport because adding two letters makes it so much easier for us. <laughs> um, all I can say it's a good job they no longer write the name of the car down the side of it because they need some really long doors for that. <laughs> it makes Team Parker the first, what we think the first team, to run all levels of current Porsche customer racing cars in all the official series, etc., etc. Um, because Team Parker Racing, they are quite partial to a Porker. They have been running cars, the outgoing Cayman, in the Porsche, so the, the Visit Cayman Islands Porsche Sprint Cup GB, uh, the, the one make series that supported British GT at a number of rounds last year. They also run the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car, uh, so the, in the Porsche, the, the Porsche Carrera Cup GB. Mm-hmm. Um, which, by the way, gets a new car this year. It right. does. They've had it in the States for a year. Ryan Ratcliffe released photos of his new car, and quite frankly, it's a bit it's a bit flaw. <laughs> I, I, I do like <laughs> Am I going to have to drag you away from them when we're at the track? Oh, yes, because they put the GT3 wide-body kit on the cup car. It right. looks awesome. Okay. Um, but I digress. Of course, I digress. It's me, we're talking about um, the newly announced GT4 car. Obviously, slots into the range uh, in the GT4 position. Indeed. And Team Parker Racing also run the GT3 car, the 991.2 GT3R, uh, which is the GT3 specification car, which of course they run for Nick and Scott. Yep, and that's not the only first that potentially this entry is going to see. No, it isn't, because we only have one driver named against it. Did you want to round this one off? Yeah, I can do. So the driver that's been named so far is Seb Hopkins, who graduates from the Janetta Juniors Championship. Um, so he's stepping up to GT4. is quite a big leap, especially considering so, that he's only 16. So he's stepping up. I think he's taken a run, <laughs> bounced on a trampoline, and sort of just caught the edge there. It's... <laughs> Now, he can't claim to be the youngest race starter, um, as we've discussed previously. Easter kind of does him out of that. Yeah, Easter is quite literally a movable feast. Um, so if we had a 16-year-old on the same birthday that started racing in British GT on an early Easter, they're automatically going to be a younger race starter than somebody with the same birthday who started racing on a late easter so even though he can't kind of claim that one he does have the opportunity to become the youngest driver to claim fastest lap race win or even youngest champion uh which would mean he's beaten jamie chadwick's record which has stood for about five years now it has it was 2016 i believe that jamie chadwick took the title in ross gun for 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 beach dean and it would be a shame to see jamie's record fall it would also be quite good for the championship as well for it be uh, something to shout about yeah i mean you know records are there to be broken say that to lewis hamilton who's yet to <laughs> actually bro- he's matched the record he's not broken it <laughs> it's just incentive 
For all the latest news from sports car and endurance racing around the world, visit thecheckeredflag.co.uk slash sportscars. With expert coverage of the World Endurance Championship, Porsche One Mate Racing, the world of SRO Racing and Genetis, TCF Sportscast is your one-stop shop for GT and prototype news. Follow at TCF Sportscast on Twitter and get your latest stories direct to your feed today. So let's move on to GT3 then. I quite like how we did GT4 actually, uh, looking at... Uh, Manufacturers, manufacturer. rather than yeah. yeah. So shall we shall we take it that way? Can do this time. Shall we Sh- start off a little bit Italian? I don't see why not. Narrows our options down a little bit. Unfortunately, unfortunately in British GT, it narrows our options down a lot. It's been a while since we've had a Ferrari. Exactly. So it means we're uh, down to Lamborghinis. Indeed, and we're not exactly short of them. No. No, uh, certainly not. Very much the car of choice yeah, at the moment. Including for a team that you wouldn't really expect to be running a Lambo. No. Uh, Are we going to stop teasing this and actually give the news? Yeah, all right then. So Redline Racing, uh, who are known for Porsche Carrera Cup GB, Porsche Sprint Challenge GP, uh, have confirmed a full season entry. With a Lamborghini. It's obviously uh, a current spec Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo. And a Silver Ram entry, the first confirmed mm. Silver Ram entry of the season. Uh, for Alex Malakin. Did I pronounce that right? I'd go with Malakin, but that's yeah. just from my reading. I've not actually heard it pronounced. Okay. So, And a returning name to the championship, James Dorlin, who obviously raced... He's raced for a couple of teams in British GT, hasn't he? Started off with Tolman when they were doing the... Uh... I don't know why I'm nodding, because no one can see that. <laughs> <laughs> he started off with Tolman when they were doing the driver development programme, and he has raced with somebody else, was it? He turned up on a round-by-round, round, didn't he, recently? Yeah, did he rock up in the Speedworks Toyota for a round? Me. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Answers on a postcard. When I'm wrong, not if. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex Malakin has um, raced in Porsche Sprint Cup GB last year, took second place in the AM category in that, mm-hmm. um, and was driver coached by Dorlin. Um, he's also running GT Cup as well. And then just because you can't quite get enough preparation for driving a mid-engine rear-wheel drive, Italian supercar. He's going off to drive a rear engine cup car in the Middle East over the winter, driving in Porsche Sprint Challenge Middle East. Uh, James Dorlin was racing in Porsche Sprint Challenge GB, took the title, and has also done some racing in Porsche Carrera Cup GB, obviously with Redline Racing. Mm. Uh, So yeah, we have a number of Lamborghinis already confirmed, so let's move straight on then. Two for the price of one? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, and anybody that follows British GT will know the team that turns up with two. That's Barwell. Is Barwell. It's our defending champions. Indeed. Running our defending champions. Yep. No changes uh, to that particular lineup. Uh, Leo Machitsky and Dennis Lind are returning. Yep. Uh, Lind has a particular target for this year, and it'll, based on last year. 
It should be fairly easy for him to achieve. I don't... Uh, you think? He, I, I'm, I... He wants to secure seven out of seven for the fastest lap. Almost. He does. I think um, he's going to have some competition. He may have some competition this year, but he achieved six out of seven last time. And the one where he didn't achieve it, he didn't even get a go in the cup. Yeah. So, <laughs> um... History's on his side, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. But I wouldn't give it him as a a shoe in. No, there's there's some some fairly uh, some fairly robust competition for the title of fastest pro. Um, Adam Ballon, obviously back with Sandy Mitchell. They raced with the number one last year. Obviously, they have to surrender that number to uh, Leo Majitski and to Dennis Lind. So I'm guessing. That they're coming back. I've put them down 72. as number seventy-two, the number that Adam Ballon raced with uh, in twenty twenty. But um, unchanged lineup with one of the most successful teams in British GT history. If you're a betting person, don't bet. Don't bet against them. Yeah. <laughs> um, if they were to mm. win the mm-hmm. uh, manufacturers. Championship that would be a record extending fifth championship. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean the the British GT Championship has been going for thirty years this year. Indeed, but I'd there's not... not many teams that have won it for half a decade on the bounce. So, yeah. good luck to the Barwell Motorsport and all of their all of their personnel. Another returning pair, uh, which is unchanged is Michael Igo and Phil Keane, who are also returning in their Lamborghini. Yep, WPI Motorsport, uh, Michael Igo's team, sponsored by Michael Igo's company. Um, basically, Michael Igo's, um, well, actually, one of his cheaper playthings. <laughs> Bear in mind the man rocks up at Dunton Park in a Bugatti. <laughs> um, but... Um, Michael's made excellent progress over the past few years. Bear in mind... A couple of years ago, he turned up to the first round of the championship in a GTC Porsche, turned up to the second round of the championship in a GT3 Lamborghini, uh, raced for the full season in that last year, obviously raced for a full season with Phil Keane. Um, it's the first time that I can recall that he's had continuity for an entire season with a co-driver, and that's going to stand him in very good stead. Yeah, and I think it was clear last year as well that having the continuity of having Phil in the car just showed the progress that he was making. Uh, The previous year to that was, as we've alluded to previously, it seemed like a bit of a test drive of every Lamborghini (laughs) pro going, except for Phil. Which is great because when we go through the international racing later on, I've got loads of names to mention because they sat next to Michael Iko in a press conference. Uh, but yeah, so they've now got a season under their belts together. They've learned each other's quirks, each other's foibles. They know what they can do to help one another out. Um, so I'm excited to see how how they do this year with that season of consistency under their belt. Yeah, Look at the trajectory of Michael Igo's career in British GT. Multiple race wins this year is pretty much a certainty. Um, and I think Dennis and Dennis and um, Leo are going to have their hands full 
trying to to retain that trophy at the end of the season. Yeah. That is all the Lamborghinis for now. Yeah, for now. Uh, <laughs> Lamborghini has become a very popular car. I, I, I would suggest that this is not the last time we're going to mention that particular model um, before the end of the uh, before the end of the preseason. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move towards. Uh, let's move a little bit west. Mm, okay. Nick's now trying to work out which direction I'm going. Okay, we're going west. Um, that puts us sort of Portugal. No, no, there's a few countries from Italy that between there and Portugal. <laughs> okay. Look, when it comes to the UK, my geography is great. When it comes to Europe, it's that strange place, the other side of the channel. They, okay. speak, they speak foreign languages. <laughs> if I tell you that if you go west from the top of Italy, you hit Austria. Right, okay. And then if you go west of Austria. You hit Germany. You do. Ah, okay. I know where you're going with this one now. Um <laughs> Would you perhaps be looking at a change in pro? Uh, yeah, I am, actually. Hmm. Because we have a returning team. We have a returning AM driver. We should probably confirm that we're talking about Mercedes. We're talking about Mercedes AMG. We're talking particularly here about Ram Racing and Ian Loggy, um, who returns for his, I don't know, I've lost, I've, I've, I've lost count. Third year with Ram. Definitely. Third year with Ram, and I know it's not true, but it seems like it's thirtieth year in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing Ian Loggy's name for almost as long as I've been writing my own. <laughs> um, uh, but he comes back. But Yelma Berman isn't in his car. We don't know where Yelma is. Um, well, I'm guessing at home at the moment. <laughs> um, we don't know where where Yelma is going to be racing for his uh, full season this year. But we do know that there is a little bit of, of um a little bit of a change up in in the professional drivers here with a former Bentley boy coming to play. Uh, which is Jules Gounon. Um he's become a Mercedes factory driver last year and is has been assigned to Ian Loggy's car for the twenty twenty two season. What they haven't confirmed, Mercedes Ram anybody is what's happened with a second car we know there is a second car we don't know who's in it um, so they, they have confirmed there is a second car yeah yeah um but we don't know who's in it what it's going to look like uh who the pro is etc we can take a stab at who's not going to be in it though yeah we can be pretty certain that sam dehan isn't he's off uh and um, in fact he was off the weekend just gone um, racing for TF Sport, which of course means Aston Martin, um, alongside Ahmed Al Harty um, in the Oman racing, uh, Aston Martin in the Asian Le Mans series and the European Le Mans series this year, which I'm guessing means Sanderham might be going to Le Mans. But um, unfortunately, we, we, we say our farewells to say our farewells to the number sixty nine car. Mm-hmm. So sticking with Mercedes, uh, we've got another returning pair, unchanged. Indeed. And we've also got a car that's done some pretty sterling service in British GT and GT Cup over the years. Indeed. I would say unchanged, but it, it's had a little little bit of a facelift in a reshell. <laughs> yes, this is obviously, um, this is our 
our good friends at Team ABBA Racing, um, Richard Neary and Son Sam, out for the Ultimate Dad and Lads Weekends Out. Coming back for a second season as a full-time pairing in the Silver Am category of GT3. It is the same Mercedes that they've been racing since Richard stopped racing in the BMW Z4 that he debuted in the championship. So, yes, it's actually the same car. Um, it was reshelled after quite a significant incident last season. Richard nearly got one of his lightning fast starts away from the line. And at, no one else did. That's far. Um, yeah, nobody else did. And it was a good sort of second half, two seconds that nobody else did. So Richard had got from quite a ways down the grid to about third place when third place pulled out in front of him, not expecting him to be there. Um, third place being Ian Loggy in another Mercedes. Um, the two came together. Both cars were instantly out and the number eight car had to be reshelled. But the, the black and green Mercedes had to be reshelled. So- and it became a bit more of the... Lean green stealth machine rather than the lean green, mean green machine. Mm. I said and green too many times there. Indeed, especially bear mind it came back black. <laughs> That's why I said it became yeah. lean. Yeah, you said the lean, lean green. Lean, stealth. lean mean stealth machine. That's how more I like it. Um, that was how I uh, named it. Yes, uh, obviously by missing out a round to, for, for reshelling, they seeded the silver and category um, to, to, the, to the Balfe car. Uh, of Stuart and uh, Lewis Proctor. Yeah, I mean, it was quite a tumultuous season for them anyway because there was also the issue that they had uh, with the gearbox at the end because they were racing the car in both GT Cup and... Yes, because they um, basically were disqualified from one of the rounds because they were going for the title in GT Cup. Um. And the decision was made. They had a problem with the gearbox at a GT Cup round and British GT hadn't completed their technical inspections at the time. And they were faced with the choice of break the seal on the gearbox and lose, uh, be disqualified from the British GT round or potentially give up the title in, in GT Cup. Now, they opted to break the seal on the gearbox. They were disqualified from the British GT round, but they did go on to take the title in GT Cup. So decision well made. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this year, um, because in spite of those setbacks and in spite of everything, they were on form for a lot of the time. And, you know, we'd be remiss not to mention Sam's driving. And when I was talking earlier about not assuming that Dennis Lind is going to get faster slap every round, because I think his main competition is going to be Sam. Yeah, and... Whilst it might be the old spec, it's effectively a brand new car. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's very little on that car that Team Abba haven't replaced. So it should be fairly reliable going into the new season. And Sam. Um, yeah, and it's proven it's got the pace still anyway because, yeah. you know, it's been right up there. I've, I've found it on a, on a Seto Corsa. There are some situations on some circuits where the old Mercedes is better suited than the new Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, and. That's me with my with my fists of ham and my feet of lead. <laughs> um, uh, so, somebody that actually has a modicum of skill behind the wheel <laughs> um, uh, can probably exploit those advantages better than I can. But Sam has been on 
he, he's been an absolute revelation since he joined the championship. Hmm. And he's been taking the fight to vastly more experienced factory competition. I say quite, quite firmly that if Mercedes AMG don't offer that lot of factory contracts soon, somebody else is going to. Mm. Yeah. And we can't count out Richard this year either. He made, no. since 2020, 2020 was a bit of a ropey season for Richard. Last year, he really did show what he's still capable of. And I think it's his best drive yet last year since the days of the Z4 when he was debuting in the championship. So I, th- I don't think the Proctors are going to have it all their own way. Well, we don't know the Proctors are back yet. Nope. But I don't think they're going to have it all their own way. And I don't think the team Redline car is going to have it all his own way in silver and this No, I mean, it's for me, this is definitely one to watch for next season. We've got a lot more to see from Sam. This is going to be his second full season. Yeah. So he's got a full season under his belt now. He's already mm. taken it to the top mm. and given them a challenge. Mm. So it's only upwards for him. And as we said, Richard's shown some absolutely lightning pace, sometimes to his detriment. But yes. Do, do we say, going back to Sam, do we say his this will be his second full season? Or is it his third? Bear in mind he's done a full season in British GT minus one round. Well, that's kind of... And a full season in GT Cup. <laughs> he's getting... So much oh, experience yeah. at the wheel of his car yeah. and so much experience of seeing lots of headlights behind him. <laughs> it's... Yeah. Um, but, you know, that experience is only going to stand him in even better stead. Um, and, it, you know, seeing some of the driving last season, you just wouldn't think that it was someone in their first full season. No. It's exciting to see what they can do. They are targeting a top three finish overall. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be a tall order. It is, but, you know, that's what they're aiming for. And Mm. You say it's going to be a tall order. Sam's got the pace to match the golds and platinums that he's up against. So It's going to be about consistency. Yeah. um, For these guys. Yeah, and giving Mercedes wide berth at Spa when (laughs) Richard sees the lights change and everybody else is still waiting for the flag. Okay, let's stick with Germany. Okay, um, if we're going Germany, there can only be one other place we're going there, and that would be Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. And that would be Porsche. See, your geography's not as bad as you thought. No, not bad at all, actually. <laughs> Although, being fair, <laughs> we haven't had an Audi GT3 for a year or so. And there's only... Uh, I've been talking about BMW, but none of them have been confirmed. True. Yeah. Uh, but we are talking about the Porsche here, uh, and we are talking about the 991.2911 GT3R, uh, which came to the championship for the first time last year, stole parts with its absolutely beautiful livery, um, dropped jewels with some of its pace in places. Mm. Um, I've been saying for years that Scott Malvin is massively underrated as a driver. And he proved it last year uh, by dragging pace out of that car that really Team Parker Racing and Nick Jones and Scott Malvin shouldn't have been finding that early in their relationship with the car. Yeah. And say, we've got to remember that last season was their first season with the car. 
Um, so it was very much about getting to know its quirks and mm-hmm. learning how to get the best out of it. And especially towards the end of the season, um, especially in practices, it was hands down faster than anything else yeah. at points. Nick Jones has really, really developed as a driver. Um, Scott Malvin, as I said, I've always rated quite highly. The the big thing for, for these guys was they've spent the last, well, all of their racing career in British GT. Janetta, front engine rear wheel drive. Big engine, front engine rear wheel drive as well. Then there was a Porsche. That was the, uh, the, the, the Cayman. That was the wild card. It only lasted a wee while. Um, but that was mid-engine rear-wheel drive. Then it was the Mercedes, big front-engine rear-wheel drive. Then it was the Bentley, big front-engine rear-wheel drive. Then it's the Porsche, which is a 3.6-litre flat six hanging out over the back axle. I love how you're looking at me for confirmation for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be a 4-litre flat six hanging out the back of the back axle with some turbo turbos going on or something like that. I'd, I'd need to double-check it to be sure. But the key thing here is, it isn't a massive engine and it isn't out the front. Yeah. It's way out over the back and it's different to everything else they've been driving for the past few years. Um, and different to everything that, that Scott cut his teeth in in Formula mm. 3 as well. So there's going to be a period of adjustment adapting to the car. They obviously picked the right team for it because, as we were discussing earlier, Team Parker Racing know their way about Porsche. Um but it's just really exciting to see that car back. Yep. Um, hopefully unchanged in its livery because it was beautiful. It was pretty. And the only thing I would say is if they're going to change it, can they go to the black and red they had on the Mercedes a few years back, the salsa livery, but the, uh, because that was also pretty darn good looking. Just two more bits of news now uh, for GT3 in British GT. Uh, let's bring it back to the UK. And um, we're back where we started with GT4 in Woking. Indeed. The the fine products of <laughs> We've McLaren. We've had a nice little tour around Europe, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> the fine products of McLaren Automotive, um, of which so far we have two confirmed for 2022. One of them is a full season returnee. <laughs> we're talking here about the winners of our last round of the championship. Uh, back in 2021, we're talking about Enduro Motorsport, the team that was formed by Morgan Tilbrook and Marcus Clutton uh, to run a GT4 car last year mm-hmm. that accidentally bought a GT3 car yeah. instead. I'd love to know how that <laughs> happens. I mean, you know, maybe one day I'll win the lottery and just, you know, accidentally uh, I mean, buy something. Everybody's had that that wonderful feeling of you do your shopping online <laughs> And you order Tesco's own brand baked beans and they've run out and they send Heinz. Doing that with a race car, ordering a GT3 and get, <laughs> ordering a GT4 and getting a GT3, that's a real achievement. <laughs> um, obviously, we're talking the ex Balf Motorsport 720S McLaren. Yeah. Uh, formerly Sean Balf's personal, uh, personal steed, uh, which turned up last year in quite a fetching orange and white and... It was nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, livery for, let's say, uh, Morgan Tilbrook, who is the am in the car, and Marcus Clutton of Alton Park, professional driver fame, um, who started their own team. 
Um, they did all right last year, throughout the entire year. They then sort of jumped to the fore at the final round by yeah. almost out of nowhere, rocking up to the front and lifting the big pot. Yeah, I mean, Marcus especially had been up there in terms of pace. Um, he was very much chasing after Dennis Lynn for a lot of... Well, don't forget, Marcus Clutton led the Alton Park round in... 2019, 2020, when we had JMH, mm-hmm. the John Searle Lamborghini. Yep. Which didn't really set the world alight for most of the season. When I mean, it didn't complete the season, it entered for the full season only about two or three rounds. Mm. Um, but it was leading on pace at Alton Park. Yeah. Um, and then he's obviously turned up in this McLaren uh, and, and done some very impressive things. There was one more bit of news about Enduro, isn't there? That's true. Um, well, possible bit of news. We're not sure yet. Well, we, we know for certain that I don't know whether they tried the same trick again and they ordered a 570 and they actually delivered a 720. Or found <laughs> someone else that's, you know, yeah. offloading their own car. But the, the team have acquired a second GT3 McLaren and are hoping to, to commit that car to a full season as well. What we don't know yet is where. We don't know where, and we don't know who, and we don't know, to be honest, whether it's going to end up being stuck in the back of a transporter using a spares car. Yeah. Um, because it's it's just sort of like a line at the bottom of the press release saying, oh, yeah, we bought another car. Phone us. <laughs> yeah. So it is news, but more when we have it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we also have returning for a full season – uh, they were around last year on a round-by-round basis, being run by Team Rocket RJN. Uh, but Mia Fluitt and Ewan Hankey are returning in a GT3 McLaren, um, committed to full, full season this year. And they will be run by a new team, uh, which Nick was absolutely astounded when I said the team name because he'd been really struggling. And yeah, because I, I was looking at it cross-eyed thinking... <laughs> <laughs> how, how do I pronounce a team name in Roman numerals? And you told me it was? 76. And I felt... <laughs> <laughs> there is a palm going to a forehead here. I felt like an absolute <laughs> idiot. Whereas I'm like, but but it's really obvious. <laughs> it is when it's pointed out. Uh, it yeah. has been said I can be a little bit slow, you know. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. So we are talking, as you say, Ewan Hankey, Mia Fluitt, first full season in GT3, GT3 mm-hmm. Pro-Am. New team for this year, 76, um, uh, 76 Racing, 76 Motorsport. I have said, not publicly, but I have said there's one thing that really disappointed me about this entry. And again, this doesn't translate well to audio, but I'm showing Sarah a photo of the car from Donington Park. Mm. that's gorgeous last year's car is gorgeous and I know there's sponsors to take into account and things like that but the render we've seen of the new car doesn't quite get my fizzies fizzling the same way that this does no but as I've said before when it comes to renders versus real life Mm. they're not always one and the same and there's a lot of times where I've seen a render and it looks so much better when it's actually in real life and there's been a couple of times where it's been vice versa 
not gonna lie. So I'm not going to put masses of stock in the render. I'm gonna wait I'm, and see. I hear what you're saying. I shall go to Alton Park. Hopefully it looks better than the picture made it look. But last year they hit it on the nose. Mm-hmm. It was only came out for a couple of rounds, but it was it was what McLaren should be. It was tasteful. None of this papaya orange and blue and sponsored. See, I quite by... liked that. For um, a whole different bunch of reasons. See, I'm talking about the Formula One livery and the Extreme E livery and the yeah, I'm not. IndyCar livery. The papaya that we had from Optimum. Yeah. Uh, it was a Wilkinson car, wasn't it? Yes, I yeah. think so. That was a nice looking car. Mm-hmm. McLaren's current factory livery is quite frankly horrible. <laughs> I had a different word in my head. It wasn't a swear word, so I can say it. But Go on then. It's very childish, but it's very Yorkshire. So you probably only get this if you uh, know a Yorkshire person, at least. It's a bit baba. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have no idea why my brain suddenly reverted to be like three. Yeah. But but you are you are correct. It is basically Zach Brown gave the car and a pack of crayons to his kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I am so sorry to all of the people that work at Wanking, um, particularly in uh, in the Formula One side and. Uh, Bear in mind, I know some of the guys that work at Woking because one of them's a photographer and a very good one, actually. Um, please pass on my sincerest apologies. I know that there's marketing guidelines and this, that, and the other. I mean, to be honest, I'll yeah. discriminate equally against most of the Formula One mm. liveries because there's actually not mm. many that I've liked over the mm. last couple of years. Yeah. But so. last year's number 21 British GT McLaren, that bronzy orange with the black and the white sponsor liveries. That was the sort of class that should be on the side of a British supercar. Soapbox. I was going to say, do you want to get off your high horse now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've got a crane. (laughs) I'll push you. It's fine. (laughs) Anyway, we've got lots still to talk about. So enough procrastinating and enough getting drawn off topic. Uh, We've had a, a fair few confirmations on there. We've got a few things that, a few cars that we haven't heard anything about yet that we're potentially expecting. So mm. briefly, I know that can be a challenge. Mm. Um, you know, you do this every year. You make your projected entry lists. Mm. Um, so we've got a good few com- confirmed so far. Right now, I've got 16 cars confirmed for British GT in 2022. Uh, But my own personal entry list shows 10 confirmed of 16 GT3 and 6 confirmed of 14 GT4. That is a total entry of 30, which means we're only about halfway there if my tea leaf reading is correct. Now, take a look at the last couple of seasons, the last couple of seasons of motorsport and my projections on this podcast. I am not a tea leaf reader. Not too bad when it comes to the entry list, at least. This, yeah, where they all finish at the end of the first race, <laughs> I'm useless. <laughs> um, but, you're you're going to ask me who's missing, aren't you? Well, I am and I'm not because I'm I'm looking at your list, mm. so I'm I'm going to say what I agree. Okay. So I think 
So let's take a quick look at GT4 first. Okay. Um, in terms of ones that we're definitely expecting, Sentry. Uh, yes. Chris Salkow told us at Donington that he was going to be doing everything he could to be coming back in the same car. So what we do know potentially is, or, or, or what we've been told, is that he probably won't have the same co-driver. Yeah. Um. So I think they're a pretty good shout. Um. Next up, I'm going to go Team Rocket RJN. They've taken over the driver development program. Yeah, and aside from 2020, which was COVID-affected, We've had McLaren driver development program since the program started in 2015. So I think your guess of two cars in there is, again, solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree we probably won't see the third that we did last year. Which would be a shame. Next up, in terms of my certainty mm-hmm. or my probability, mm-hmm. I think... Um. I think I'd go with the 61 Academy Motorsport Ford Mustang. Yeah, we should have at least one, shouldn't we? And I know Matt would love to be back because, you know, I see his social media feeds and he's like, Mm. I can't wait to race again, which Mm. we can't wait to see you race again. Um, That's grown to be one of my favourite cars, so I'd be quite Mm. disappointed if it wasn't, especially as said earlier, GT4's got that bit more beef and grunt. Mm. And just to finish off what you were saying there, we can't wait to hear that car back again either. <laughs> of course. Um, two would be amazing, except yeah. for one. Yeah. Based on what you're saying there, are we? Are you disagreeing with my statement of two other McLarens, an Audi and a Toyota? No, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, I'm ordering these in, mm. in terms of okay. how likely I think. So what's more, what's next Next likely after the Academy car then? I think um, these are all Silver Cup entries potentially. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably go down the Audi route next. Mm. Yeah, it's, we know Richard Williams, Anson and Fielding quite enjoyed their time racing in GT3. But we also know they want to race together and they can't do that in GT3 anymore. Yeah. So the only place that they can race in British GT is GT4. Next up, uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing UK. Um, it would be a shame not to see this car back. It was it had some really good moments through. It was about ready. Year. It was about ready tail end of last year, wasn't it? It was even with the driver change partway yeah. through. So I am really hoping that it does come back. It'd be a shame because it's yeah. kind of had the time to. To find its feet and get its yeah. grip. It would be absolutely, absolutely almost unfair to to do all the work to get it there and then not be able to take it over the top. Mm. But then more than one Japanese manufacturer's got form in that regard. Yeah. Look at look at Honda when they left Formula One on Jensen Button. Mm. Uh, so that leaves us then with two McLarens, Balf mm-hmm. uh, and Fox Motorsport respectively. I mean, Fox are racing in a different championship, but they've been in a number of different championships yeah. for years. Um, so far, we've got nothing confirmed from Balf, have we? No. But if I remember rightly, they were quite late last year Yes, in confirming, so I'm not so, worried by that. I think British GT without a single Balf car. It would be a sad place indeed. Yeah. So let's move on to 
GT3. Again, we've got, as you said, you've got 10 out of a 16 on your list. Yeah. I'm not going to do this in as much a probability. What we do know is we do have a second Ram car. Yeah, and I've just deleted 69 and Sander Ham from my original entry list. <laughs> <laughs> that one kind of bridges the gap between confirmed and not confirmed because it is confirmed, just no details. Yeah. There. I th- there's, a, there's a confirmed car we've not discussed. That's true. It's on the confirmed entry list, but we haven't discussed it in the news. Um, and that's a set yes, of motorsport. Um, very, very quickly, a Seto Motorsport. That's because you said we'd come back to it. <laughs> are coming to GT3. Uh, they've gone out and they have acquired um, a Bentley. So the Bentley Continental. We don't know which Bentley it is. We know it's not a new car because crews stopped making them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, a, as have M Sport, they've stopped making them. They're, um, they're now working on the recently announced Ford Mustang GT3 project. Ooh. So they're working with Multimatic on that. Yep. Um But we've got uh, returning driver Mark Sansom for Assetto. He's graduated from the G56, uh, paired with Andy Mayrick of recently of Bentley Factory Payroll. Mm-hmm. So uh, a Bentley Factory driver. Yeah, solid choice. Yeah. Um, expect this car to do pretty well, but whilst also recognising that the most recent Bentley hasn't had the same success in Britain that the previous car has. Mm. Turning the tyres on in the new Bentley is a problem for uh, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, um, on on the, while we're on Bentleys, uh, you've got Paddock Motorsport down there, which yeah. I, again, agree with because, yeah. you know, Kelvin and Martin brought it in last year. It's mm. had a year to get to grips. As mm. discussed, a few issues but yeah. all in didn't do too badly i know they were one of the teams that were testing today whether it was martin and kelvin or other drivers or other cars because of course they they're running a team other series as well and they're yeah. running other cars so mm. there's no guarantee that it was the gt3 that yep. was out there but i'm hopeful that it might have been <laughs> yeah uh, what i will say here is i mean Peak Bentley in British GT was three. And that was when Team Parker were running two and JRM were running the other, wasn't it? I've just noticed that on my little entry list here, I've got three Bentleys written down. You do? Because Tolman turned up last year with a Bentley, didn't they? They did, and then disappeared. Yeah, but they can come back. Yeah. So we might see three through the season. (laughs) Yeah, so... Not necessarily all at the same time, but... I mean, the best place to run them is Britain. It's right next to where all the spares are kept, yeah. and there's no longer a customer <laughs> customer raising operation. So, send all your Bentleys to British GT, guys. Which means then we've mentioned Tolman, we've mentioned Ram, Sentry, Paddock. We haven't mentioned Sentry in a GT3 context. That's very true. We haven't. Now we know that Nathan has acquired, we believe two, but at least one of the new BMW M3s. We've asked him very nicely to very carefully treat the front end of the car with the livery because it's it's got a face that only really his mother could love. <laughs> um, <laughs> although it is growing on me in road car form. Yeah, we've seen a couple yeah. in our various travels. And the factory cars at the Rolex didn't make me want to be sick straight away. Okay. 
So it's a, it's a See, step I, I think, forward. I think some creative decoration on that grill and we could be good. Yeah, get it sort of right up, behind, right up behind an Aston Martin. <laughs> disguise, Not quite disguise, what I meant. Not wearing another car. Dis, disguise the front of it by having it draft a, a better looking car. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, but yeah. Andrew Gordon Colbert told us at Donington Park that basically he'd do everything up to including selling their kidney to get into the car, didn't he? So uh, that that was his aim for this for this season was getting into the GT three BMW. Mm-hmm. Um so here's hoping for yep. Andrew and for Nathan and for the increasing diversification of, of the cars available in our class. Yeah, absolutely. That we get that car here. We've discussed Balf quickly. We did. Leave um, one other car. Yeah, so Balf, we are hopeful that Stuart and Lewis Proctor will be back uh, contesting Silver Am. And the only other car that you have on your list would be the number seven. The or, fastest ice cream van in the West. Yes, or maybe the 99 or maybe a different number. Who knows? Um, They went back to number seven last year, didn't they? What, yes. they, what they didn't do is go all the way back to 007. No. Which the Beach Dean car has run in the past. Um, but they did go back to a livery more closely resembling the DBR9 that Andrew Howard entered the championship with Lovies many moons ago. Um, I think with hospitality being where it is now, there's a good chance that Andrew will be back financially. Yeah. Um, apparently his team... Uh, is looking a bit more secure as well in terms of this is his football team, not his racing team. Yes. <laughs> um, so there's there's a good chance that Andrew will be back. We don't know who he's going to be back with. We'd love for it to be Johnny. Uh, get the get get the, the band back together again. Um, but uh, at the moment, we just don't know. So that's our rundown of British GT. We will quickly try and run through. <laughs> and when I say we, it's mostly going to be Nick. Um, and the quickly is with a very stern look. <laughs> if looks could kill, dear listener. <laughs> uh, we're, going, we're, we're going a bit further afield. In fact, we're going a lot further afield because we're going international. And now, international news. And there's been quite a bit of international sports car racing recently. Uh, we've had the 24 Hours of Dubai. We've had the 9 Hours of Kailami. We've had um, the Rolex 24 of Daytona. The Asian Le Mans series has just kicked off. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a busy time. Basically, we're in the, in the run of eight back-to-back weekends of international sports car racing. Um, now, what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick focus on three of those races. I'm going to run through it very, very quickly because I'm the one that's having to sit down and watch sort of 36 hours of endurance racing in a week um, when I have the time for it. So starting off the season uh, was a win for Audi. This is team the MS17, sorry, run by Team WRT uh, in the 24 hours of Dubai which uh, this year uh, obviously opened the endurance season. 
that was run in a slightly drier condition to the last time we probably covered it on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the race is a run by Team WRT running as MS7 uh, for Mohammed Saud Fahad Al Saud, Axel Jeffries, Dries Van Thor, Christopher Meese, and Thomas Neubauer, number seven car, uh, took victory from pole position. Uh, obviously, at Dubai Autodrome in Motor City. The second place car and the only other car on the lead lap at the end of the race was the other WRT Audi. This one being run as WRT rather than a, a, as somebody else's entry. Um, two minutes behind their, their teammates, they came in second. Looking for British interest here, and we're starting off in P8 with CP Racing, Putman, Espenlaub, Quaife and Lewis. And Lewis is Phil Quaife, and I can't remember which Lewis, um, the two British drivers in that car, um, uh, GT3 AM class victors for Mercedes AMG. Uh, with MP Motorsport, they've run in Brit car, they've run in British GT, um, they blew up a Ferrari in testing and bought an Aston Martin, and now they're also running Mercedes Benz. Uh, they took the Pro-Am category win um, in, again, uh, number number 19, Mercedes-AMG. In GT4, Dragon Racing, also running the Mercedes-AMG GT4. This is the Goethe, Goethe, Grogor um, car being joined by Stuart Hall. Stuart Hall, whose name will pop up again in a wee while because he's been announced in one of the other categories we're covering this year. Further down, dual racing with TF Sport, the number 95 car. Uh, the brothers Moutrin, Ahmed Al-Harty um, involved in that car. Had a bit of difficulties during the night. Came in in ninth place in their class. Uh, Barwell Motorsport had even more problems. Um, they classified, but they were 131 laps down at the end of the race with Adrian Anstutz, Wolfenichen and Rick Breukers and then Mirko Bortolotti. The other big British interest in this is CWS Engineering. This is Colin White's team. He's raced in, in British GT with genetas of various shapes and sizes over the years. Um, had a weekend to, to kind of forget a bit. Uh, was the last classified car on the, on the list. This was the G55 GT4. Uh, took 10th place in TCX. Unfortunately, Colin's own car, which was a G56 GT4, so same as the Assetto car, uh, that fell 16 laps short of qualifying or classifying. My apologies. First time in pretty much my memory of the event, there wasn't a Century Motorsport car entered into the race. We've also had the final race of 2021, and this occurred after the first race of 2022. So this is the postponed Joburg. Nine hours of Kailami, the final round of the 2021 Intercontinental GT Challenge. Uh, Audi took the title here as well, but it was Mercedes AMG that won the race. Jules Gounon, our, our new our new driver, was involved in the driving of the the race winning car. One of the Audis uh, that contributed towards Audi's win of the entire series was being driven by another British GT driver, Mark Patterson, who used to drive an Audi for United Autosports. 
Then we had the big race to start off the year, and this is no offence to Graventic and their 24 hours. This is the Rolex 24 at Daytona. It is the opening round of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and it was won by Elio Castroneves and Mayer Shank Racing. This time, Mayer Shank Racing with Curb Agajanian is the full team name. Uh, Elio has had a great year. He came back to IndyCar, won the Indianapolis 500, climbed the fence at Indy, then turned up in the DPI car um, at the Rolex, won that, and climbed the fence at Daytona. So um, quite a good year for both Elio Castroneves and for Mayer Shank Racing. Castroneves was sharing with his IndyCar teammate Simon Paginot, and then two drivers racing under British licences, Oliver Jarvis and Tom Blomquist, who has tri-nationality, uh, but does race under a British licence. Wayne Taylor Racing won the race last year, and that was their fourth win. Sorry, correct myself, that was their third win in a row. Uh, they were going for their fourth win this year, and both Acuas had not particularly happy start to the race. They were both on the back foot fairly on and had to fight their way back. But fight their way back they did. And towards the end of the race, uh, the Wayne Taylor Racing Acura was uh, giving the Mayor Shank car a bit of a run for its money, but couldn't complete four on the bounce for a record-breaking fourth uh, Rolex 24 at Daytona. The podium was completed by the number five JDC Miller Motorsport and Mustang Sampling Cadillac VRDPI. Uh, Richard Restbrook was on the third step of the podium, and Will Stevens was on the second. There were 61 cars across all five classes, DPI, LMP2, LMP3, and the two GT3 classes. I'm not going to go through every car, but of the 61, 19 didn't make the finish. United Autosports were there. They had a, a race to forget, um, so I'm not going to go into too much detail there. Kyle Tilly and Ryan DL were also there racing for Era Motorsports with Dwight Merriman and Paul Chatin. So that's some British interest in LMP2, but LMP2 really wasn't good before drivers were union flags on their belts. In LMP3, we had a Brit on the podium and a former British GT Brit at that. Uh, the number 33 Sean Creech Motorsport Ligier JSP320 was driven by Jao Balbosa. Marty Jackson, Lance Whistley, and Seb Prio. So congratulations to Seb Prio for a podium at the Rolex 24 Daytona. He was in second place behind Riley Motorsports driving a similar car, and Core Autosports also in Elysio. Basically, if you didn't have Elysio in P3, you may as well have not turned up. There were a couple of other cars there in that class as well. GT had a bit of a revamp over the, over the off-season. Gone are what they used to call GTLM, uh, which is basically GTE cars, the, the LM standing for Le Mans. And in has come two different classes. We've got GTD Pro, uh, which is GT3 cars, uh, running to IMSA's own balance of performance with all pro driver lineups. And then, confusingly, GTD, which is the amateur class, but doesn't have GTD Am to balance the pro. It's just GTD, which sits below GTD Pro, uh, which runs the same cars, the same balance of performance it's just the driver lineups that differ the gtd pro battle was amazing if you do nothing else this year motorsport wise 
watched the last half hour of the Rolex 24 at Daytona and GTD. Uh, we had Faf Motorsports have been running in the series for years, racing against KCMG, who uh, were making their debut. Both running Porsches, both the uh, 911 GT3R, and there was a fair bit of paint being traded towards the end. Basically, there was a late race caution. These two cars were on the lead lap. They were barely separated. They started taking lumps out of each other pretty much as soon as the green flag came out. Kept doing that while the overall leader lapped them. And then we're still doing it again when the overall leader came back to lap them again at the last corner of the entire 24-hour race. And they went across the grass and one of them span out and the other one went on to get a shiny new Rolex. So congratulations to the team from Faf Motorsport. Matthew Jaminet at the wheel of the Faf car. We had Lawrence Van Tour at the wheel of the KCMG car. It was absolutely great racing, but it did allow a Brit to take the second step of the podium because when KCMG span off, Rissi Competizioni went through to second place and James Collado was sharing the driving in that car. GTD, the amateur class, had two Brits on the podium. Johnny Adam was part of the driving crew from Magnus Racing. They switched to Aston Martin from Lamborghini. Johnny Adam was shared by John Potter, Andy Lally and Spencer Pompelli. Couldn't get ahead of the Wright Motorsports Porsche though, but did manage to outpace the Gilbert Kirkhoff Motorsports Mercedes, which also had a British driver in it, Stephen McAleer. Fifth in class, and I don't want to usually go down to fifth in class, but this one jumps out. Inception Racing, Brendan Iribe and Ollie Milroy. Um, they were shared by Frederick Shandoff and Jordan Pepper. They finished two laps down on the class leader, fifth in class. And Darren Turner, Tom Gamble and Ian James. Three out of four drivers British for the number 27 heart of racing Aston Martin. Raymond DeAngelis was in the fourth seat. They say so they were a little bit further down. Their sister car was out very, very early on. They're running a sister car in the pro class and it was involved in a really big accident. But luckily, all the drivers were okay. One other thing to mention about the Rolex 24 Daytona. With all of these cars and most of them having four drivers, 237 drivers started the Rolex 24 Daytona this year. Of those 237, only one was female. That's Catherine Legg, who is, by the way, British, uh, sharing with Stefan Wilson and a pair of Americans running to ninth in the GTD class, but the only lady racer in a field of over 200. I know British GT right now can't really shout about its gender balance and, and this, that, and the other, because we're not exactly doing the world's best job at it. But come on, motorsport, we've got to do better. Let's go with... GT Cup News. This is one of the new series that we are going to be following and through future episodes we are going to go into a little bit more depth about what the series are uh what they are made up we're going to give just very much the bare bones today one from a time point of view but also we don't want to overload anyone with information uh so we've got a good list so far of cars that have confirmed and their various classes so we're going to go through class by class with just a really brief explanation as to what that class is, what makes up that class. 
And as I say, we will go into a little bit more depth in future episodes and hopefully maybe even get some SMEs on board. Some SMEs? Yes. Nothing wrong with a good SMEs. Especially the Captain Hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was already there. Uh, we do have one bit of side news on there. Um, so this is the one piece of news that we appear to have picked up on, but the series hasn't. Um, which is a little bit concerning, given that the news is that there is a confirmed entry and the fees have been paid and things like that. Um, but did you want to, to break the news? Yeah, I mean, simple as, basically. Uh, Team Abo have posted a brand new GT4 car, which they have, as you say, got fully entered into, mm-hmm. into GT Cup and are just looking for some drivers. Yeah, and this will be an entry into class GTH. GT Cup has six classes. This is more of a championship where if you tell us what car you've got, we'll do, our level, best. We'll do our level best to find a place for you to race it. Okay. Uh, the GTH class is specifically for homologated GT4 cars to manufacturer specification, running with the approved FIA balance of performance. So looking at this list... So far, mm-hmm. um, the thing that's jumping out to me here is that the Team Abba racing car, um, I mean, obviously, this isn't a full entry list mm-hmm. um, yet, but so far, the Team Abba racing car is the only car that isn't a McLaren 570S. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the Woking wagon quite popular in GT Cup. <laughs> so having a quick look at this, we've got... Uh, seven, is that? Yes, uh, one, two, seven. Three, four, five, six, seven, including Team Abba. That's the one that's yep. not confirmed on GT Cup's, uh, GT Cup's Facebook. So we've got some names we've already mentioned in this class so far. So Fox Motorsport, who've obviously run last year in GT4. Again, another name I certainly recognise here driving that car. Uh, so we've got Tim Docker and Jordan Albert confirmed. Yeah, Jordan Albert, who... Has obviously raced with British GT. Yep, in a Mustang. In a Mustang and in a McLaren, if I remember right. I believe he was one of the I GP drivers. I believe he was, yes. Yeah. This is off the top of my head. <laughs> it's off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Are uh, you impressed? Indeed. Um, without meaning to rub it in too much to IMSA and to British GT, we've also got two McLarens with no numbers and no names attached, but the team name is suggestive that they might be doing better than everybody else is it's formula woman so i'm guessing we're not going to get dave john philip and rufus driving those (laughs) yep i'm sure we will talk about this um in a future episode um i have a good idea what's going on with that um as i have been following it a little bit i thought you'd probably be more on top of it than i would let's face it it's more aimed at your demographic well it's not just that but we've we have heard little bits about it previously anyway yeah. um and i know that mia's involved she's been yeah. promoting it quite heavily yeah. at least if she's not involved on the subject of female only racing by the way while we're here congratulations to jamie chadwick who took her second w series title last year mm-hmm. since we were like since we last been put a podcast out so one of our champions becoming champion again and also had a pretty good drive recently did she not in some ice driving 
Was she a race of champions? I believe so. I believe she may have beaten some <laughs> I, I, people. I, I love race of champions. I've not had a chance to watch it yet. No, I saw a couple of clips on YouTube and then saw, I'm sure it, it was Jamie that was in mm. a Twitter thing when I was catching up. But I will go back and double check because I do like watching that. It's fun. Yes. And at some point I will go and watch it for real. And hopefully she'll Because be I like the cold. <laughs> and hopefully she'll be back in action in Extreme E as well this year. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, carrying on though. <laughs> yeah. We've got two Greystone GT cars. So again, we mentioned that they were out testing today or yesterday. Uh, first car confirmed has been number 22 with Richard Mason and John Lancaster. And second car of number 14 with Philip Carter and Michael Broadhurst. Okay. And as Zara said, Everything but the Team Abacar is a McLaren. The final McLaren we have is the number 17. This is the only car here that has three drivers named against it. Uh, Russ Lindsay, Patrick Collins and Will Dendy. It's run by Orange Racing, powered by JMH. I'm going to quickly explain the class that we don't have any entries against yet. Okay. Because I think that would be the sensible thing to do. And then we'll skip to another one so the next class we're going to talk about is the gta class um and this is made of lower spec cup cars so things like the janetta g55 super cup yeah as uh, an example of what you've given yes um there, there are other options out there probably the audi tts that used to run supporting the dtm they would fall into this category mm-hmm. And there is a class of alpine a110s which aren't built to gt4 standard so they'd fit into this class as well. Um, so let's move up then. Uh, do you want to explain GTB? GTB is... Because I think that's probably the most complicated of the classes. Yes. Um, it's the only one that's got one full set of technical regulations or the other full set of technical regulations. Um The GTB class is challenge and cup class cars that are five years old or older. So we're talking Ferrari Challenge, Lamborghini Super Trofeo, uh, Maserati Super Trofeo, that sort of thing. Uh, Or modified saloon-based GT vehicles from Challenger Cup Series. So the one that I've suggested here is that we're probably looking at the Renault Sport Megane, the series that raced before the RSO1 came out. So it's a little bit more complicated. The older Challenger cars have a few spec changes. One would assume to increase their level of safety from what they what they previously had. But um, yeah, at the moment, one entry into this class. This is the Marcos Mantis, which uh, people that have listened to many episodes of the show will know from our Christmas show ho 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 a few years. Uh, a a few year. years? Uh, two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> Um, is the last car to race in British GT with a wooden chassis. Mm-hmm. This is uh, run by Top Cats Racing. Uh, Charlotte Birch is one of the drivers and daughter of team boss, Warren. Charlotte Gilbert is the other driver. So that's the Marcos Mantis number three car, Top Cats Racing in GTB. Next up, we'll take a look at GTC, uh, which is current and recent recent spec manufacturer, single mate challenge and cup series cars. Uh, we've got three entries under here so far. So I'll go through those and that should give us a reasonable indication of 
Yep. Which cars are in there? Uh, so sticking with Top Cats Racing, uh, the number nine, which is Top Cats Racing with Hex.com. Uh, that's going to be pedaled by Jensen Lunn and Warren Gilbert, and they'll be in a Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo Evo. Also in the Super Trofeo Evo, we've got the number 13 of Team Webb, uh, which is going to be driven by Tom Webb and James Webb. So I really, really want a spider web design on that car. You'll be out of luck. I know. It's kind of blue. I know. But come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got the number 56, which is Millington Motorsport, uh, which is going to be driven by Roy Millington and Benny Simonson. Uh, they're in a Ferrari 488 challenge. GT3 is our next category. And as you'd expect, it is GT3 cars running to manufacture GT3 specifications. Uh, it includes FAA balance of performance. But unlike British GT, where we've only got one car that's of outdated spec, which, being fair, we share with GT Cup anyway, you do tend to see in GT Cup a few more of the previous generation of GT3 cars turn out. Because it's a place you can still want a car that's still in homologation, but has been superseded by a newer model. The three cars we've got entered here, Orange Racing powered by JMH, they are entering the number 67 car for Simon Orange and Michael O'Brien. Here, with the name like Michael O'Brien in the car, you can probably guess that this is a McLaren 720S GT3. We've also got the number 33 car, and fans of British GT will go 33. That must be a Porsche. And you are correct. It's GCAT Racing. Seamus Jennings, Greg Catton, really have found their home in GT Cup. They, they appear to quite enjoy it. Porsche 991.2. 911 GT3 R for GCAT Racing. And guys, we'd love to have you back in British GT as well. Team Aber have proved you can do both. We've also got the number 61 car. This is entered by Scott Sport, who did round-by-round -round entry in GTC in British GT at the Silverstone Showdown in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, John Dillon is the only driver lifted, listed against this. In a Lamborghini Huracan GT3. Now, we've got no information as to whether it's a standard GT3 or an Evo. So that just leaves us with one class uh, left, which is the GTO class. Now, this is for open specification cars, such as modified challenge cars and cars from manufacturers of less than 50 cars. So we're talking the, the more rare cars, for example, Brabham. Um, and these are cars that are built to GTE or GT2 specification. That's as well, by the way, not in, not the modified challenge cars and the less than 50 cars doesn't mean they have to be GT2 or GTE. Yeah. So basically anything that could race at Le Mans this year but can't next year can come and play in GT car. Um, so can we borrow a few Corvettes? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got three entries listed so far in this class. First up, we've got Raw Motorsport in the number seven. Uh, with Steve Burgess and Ben Dimmock at the wheel. Um, and they will be in a Radical RXC. I will be honest, I don't know anything about that car. It looks kind of like an old Daytona prototype, which, do you remember the old Have you seen the old Daytona prototypes? I think so. Yeah, uh, with a stonking great V8 in the back. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, the number five car, uh, which is CTR Developments, uh, just one driver listed for this one of Richard Chamberlain. Um, and he'll be in a Porsche 935. And then Reworked we've... and modified. 
because yeah. the 935 is about 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you said this is one of your favourite entries yeah. when we were... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting down to GT Cup meetings so I can draw. I mean, take photos of this one. And then the <laughs> final entry that we've got so far um, in the listings is the number 28 of SB Race Engineering. Um, and we've got Paul Bailey and Ross Wiley. He was also 2020 in the round by round. Yes, I think so. Didn't he race in one of the Ferraris? That I want to say it was a Ferrari. Yep. Yeah. Um, but Ross has also raced in one of the full season Ferraris we had back when I first course were running in the championship as well. Yes, but most recently. Yeah. So they will be driving a Brabham BT62, um, and they are the defending champions in their class. Defending champions in their class. The car that hasn't been entered yet, which will probably pop up in GT3, which we've been speaking about for most of the past hour, is Team Abba Racing. The GT3 car they've not confirmed. Yeah. Uh, for Richard and Sam. Uh, I'd be surprised if they didn't come back to defend. Absolutely. Uh, so that's our very brief guide to GT Cup so far. As I said, we will be going into a little bit more depth um, in future episodes in both GT Cup and the Brick Current series. <laughs> And now, Brit Car News. Uh, so let's move on to Brit Car, which is the, well, are the other series, because um, if I've understood this right from our talking about it, it's split into both a sprint and endurance. It is, and further complicated as well. Uh, Brit Car started off as Brit Car Endurance Championship years ago run by a chap called James Tucker. Uh, people that are fans of Top Gear will know it from the 24-hour race that the three guys did, Clarkson, May and uh, Hammond. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the Brick Car 24 hours. They uh, sold the 24 hours onto Quibentic, who ran it for a couple of years and then ditched it. Sort of plodded on for a couple of years running just a, a clubby endurance championship in the UK. Uh, and then James Tucker sold to his championship manager, who now runs it, Claire Headley, and she's been slowly but surely rebuilding the championship from, and I hate to be controversial, but I've said this before on the air, James's mismanagement. <laughs> uh, and now they've, they've just started this year, they've branched, they've broken the endurance category off into a separate championship, separate website, the whole, the whole Japan. It's now the, British Endurance Championship, which is promoted by Motorsport UK. Uh, and then they still have Brick Car Trophy, which is the sprint format. And they are also this year running the Praga Cup as well, which is a one-make series for Praga cars from, I believe it's the Czech Republic. Would make sense. Yeah. Why is Praga something Czech then? Have I missed them? Prague is the capital. <laughs> <laughs> It's 76 racing all over again, isn't it? <laughs> it would make sense to me that, you yeah. know, that that would be it. But, I mean, stranger things have happened and things are completely unrelated, so there's no guarantee. But, mm. yeah, my brain just went, yeah, Praga, Prague, Czech. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, we've only got one car confirmed so far for the Praga 
cup. Yep, and that is um, basically a factory entry. It's uh, almost like a guest car, but it's a full-season guest car. Gordon Much and Jimmy Broadbent. Jimmy Broadbent is some sort of famous YouTuber person. I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of this new media thing. I'm, I understand people do things like podcasts. <laughs> but this, this oh, be, yeah, yeah. being famous for being famous <laughs> on on YouTube, I'll, 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 I'll be honest, I'm a bit of a... Bit of a Luddite. That's <laughs> <laughs> the word you want. Obviously, the the car is the Praga R1. Yep. Um, I will try and find a picture of it before next time, so uh, I can have a look. It's an interesting beast. Obviously, we we would expect more to be confirmed as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a well, it's a pretty obvious championship, yeah. isn't it? Uh, so in the Brick Car Trophy. Uh, which, as we said, is the sprint format. We have got ten cars yes. entered. Uh, two classes showing. Are there only two classes? I believe there are more than two classes. But one of the things that Brickcar is still getting on top of is their medium communications. This get, is why we need a, an SME. You'll get some news pieces on their websites that are expansive and well-written and go into the team's history and the driver's CV so far and what class they're entering and almost down to the chassis number of the car that they're racing. And then you'll get a couple that pop up on there which are, Dave back, nice looking car, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, only four of these cars actually have a class specified so far, so. With one of them, that's because it it says it's stepping down from the top class. So I thought, all right, let's step it down from the top class. It must be going to class two. We've got a few double entries um, on there. So first up, we've got two cars from SVG Motorsport. Uh, first car driven by Mark Lee and Owen Hizzy. Both of these cars are Janetta G56A. Yes, which are the, I believe, the cup class, cup car versions of the G56 that Assetto race in British GT. SVG Motorsport are big into Janetta. Yeah. Um, you t- attend a British GT race weekend, and I think there's more people walking around in SVG jackets than anything else because they run most of the GT5 Challenge, most of the G40 Cup, basically all the Janettas that run everywhere. They are running these two cars themselves, but they are also running a... They are also running a one-make class inside the Trophy Championship for Ginetta G40s. And I'm looking at the centuries. Oh, yes, I have got the third. I've missed the third car. Is well. that not the Raman Racing car? That's the Raman Racing car, yes. That's the G40. Yeah. It's being run as Raman Racing. So yep. So... We may as well talk about that while we're here. So that's yeah. in class two. Uh, that's going to be driven by Pete Spano and Andrew Bentley. I mean, you look at the differences between the cars that are entered there. Basically, a, G, a full, fully-fledged GT4 car and a Ginetta G40. There is wide diversity in the cars that are entered into Brit Car Trophy. Next up, we've got two entries for Team Brit. Uh, two different cars. Uh, both BMWs. Yeah. One yeah. We have um, got drivers assigned to these as well. Yes. One is a BMW M240i, which is going to be driven by Chris Overin and James Whiteley. And we also have a BMW 118i, 
which is going to be driven by, and you're going to want me to pronounce these, aren't you? Yes, because I'm going to mangle them. <laughs> so I'll give this one a go. Apologies if it's wrong. So we've got Tyrone uh, Mathurin, Angie Silva-Vagdama and Paul Fullick sharing driving duties in this hatchback. We've also got Saxon Motorsport. Going back to that Top Gear episode, this is the team that Top Gear called Saxondale. So this is how long they've been racing in and around Brick Car. Um, Saxon Motorsport are running not a BMW, but a Volkswagen Golf GTI for James Alford. He, um, he had a pretty good run at the Into the Night races, uh, which ended the Brick Car season for last year. I believe he won a race and qualified quite well. Um, so he's coming looking to looking to to take some titles. Also running a Volkswagen Golf GTI, we've got Chandler Motorsports uh, with Stephen Chandler behind the wheel in that one. Yeah, um, and in between them, we've got SBD Motorsport. Uh, this is Kester Cook. Kester Cook was running in Class 1 last year in a 1.6 Ford Fiesta with... Well, basically half the contents of Halford's attached to it to make it go faster. Um, it's in the process of being detuned. Uh, the engine's being detuned. They're taking some of the more extreme error modifications off. That will be looking for a full season in Class 2 for Kester Cook. And the other confirmed entries we've got are both from Westbourne Motorsport. Two Renault Sport Clio RS Cup Gen 4s. One with James Black and Jack Meekin in the driving seat and the other with Charlie Hand. Charlie Hand is graduating from junior saloon cars, what used to be called Sax Max. So, so far he's driven a manual Saxo VTR against a bunch of 14-year-olds. Um, so that's going to be quite a step up for him. The other car, the drivers have got experience of driving the previous generation in brick cars, so they're going to be more squared away and up to speed as we get going. Uh, so that just leaves us with the endurance side, then the British Endurance Championship. Now we've got nine cars listed here. This is, I mean, that sounds at this stage, bear in mind, the first race is the second week of March. That sounds like quite a disappointing entry list for the Endurance Championship. But you've got to remember that four years ago, Rick Cole on his knees and it was wrong to fill three or four cars. Cleo, Headley and her team have done a really good job to turn this around. So the cars that we are looking at here, most of them will be in, in the top classes. And the first one really did make me happy, actually. Um, this is ING Sport. Ian Lawson, Kevin Clark and Ryan Lindsay. BMW Z4 GT3. It made me happy for a number of reasons. One, I have not heard the banshee wail of a Z4 for far too long. And two, this was the car that headlined the breakaway series when uh, when a bunch of drivers set up a rival to James Tucker's brick car because they didn't want to race with him anymore. So the, the headline car, the car that was on the front cover of the first race of what was called Endurance Racing Series, now back in brick car, that makes me very happy. Next up, we've got EDF Motorsports, uh, Ashley Woodman and Martin Byford, who will be driving a Seat Leon TCR. Next up, and I'm going to take two here. 
because both of them start with exactly the same four words. Uh-huh. Yes, I know which four words you're on about. They've got five of the same words and there's one small difference between the two cars here. Yep. Team Brit, we've already spoken about them in British GT. We've already spoken about them in Brit Car Trophy. The car that the British GT drivers, Aaron and Bobby, drove last year is being put into duty this year in the Endurance Championship with Andy Tucker and Luke Pound. This is the Aston Martin V8 Vantage GT4. T7 Motorsport for Peter Montague and Stuart Hall. Stuart Hall, who you remember me saying him about being on the podium at the Rolex uh, with the Goethe Goethe and the other car. Um, so quite a quite a proficient driver. They've, they're driving an Aston Martin V8 Vantage AMR GT4. But it shows you've got, you've got to pay a little bit of attention here. But all it is is three different letters, and that makes it a completely different car. The, the two Aston Martins that are so far entered. Uh, two of the three Aston Martins, actually. There's one later on, which is very special. There is. I'm and looking forward to that. And if it falls to you to say it, I'm stealing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to also take two because they are related. Uh, so we've got Bovet Racing with Race Lab next, uh, with David McDonald and Claude Bovet driving. They are bringing a Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo Evo 2 to the mix. And then Race Lab are bringing a Lamborghini Huracan GT3 car uh, with Lucky Carer and Lee Frost. And these are names that we recognise. They are. So Sarah's doing sort of the dance here to try and steal the one that I want to announce when there's not a lot to announce anyway. But Woodrow Motorsport is one of the ones that she's skipped. Uh, it's Simon Baker and Ollie Rubin in the BMW 1M. This is a car that won the title in trophy last year. I'd, I'd be pleased to take either of these two cars mm. that are left. I think you're doing the other one a disservice, so I'm going to take the one you want. You're take the one that I want? Either. Yeah. Is it the one I want? Yes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so Venture um, have announced and entered an Aston Martin Vulcan. Nick's now giving me daggers. <laughs> um, uh, there are no confirmed drivers for this. Um, there are confirmed drivers for this. You have it's, not put any confirmed drivers. It's an unchanged driver lineup from their appearance at Donington Park last year in Brick Car Endurance, the Brick Car category rather than the British Endurance Championship. The problem is I've gone to the Britcar website and I've looked through all the coverage on the Britcar website. Oh, is this what I've you were cursing at earlier? And only the people that won each class are mentioned. Right. So there's no mention of who actually drove the Aston Martin. Um, <laughs> uh, I, can, I, I can find it out for you. So the drivers for the um, Venture Innovations run Aston Martin Vulcan Gleb Stefanos and Stephen Tompkins, please. So the final car here that we have is New Barn Racing. Adam Thompson and Callum Thompson. They've raced this car in Brick Car before. It's a Jaguar F-Type V6 3-litre. I believe this is a car built by the team, not one of the factory cars that were produced for Invictus Racing. And that's... The entirety of the list so far, and also everything 
news-wise that we know about to bring you. So thank you for sticking with us. It's been a long slog. We had a lot of news to cover. Future episodes through the year, we have a plan. So it won't be every episode, all series. On there, as I say, we are looking to get some experts in Brickcar and GT Cup to come and talk with us as well. So yeah, welcome back to racing for this yes. year. Yeah, thank you for thank you for listening, and we look forward to, to spending more time with you as, as the season goes on. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening to the British Sports Car Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on socials at BritSC Podcast. This podcast is a Storm Vixen created production in conjunction with RPS Driven Media.